0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. What's up? I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about a bunch oh. of comics that have come out this week. Let's sure we do off. with a big one: Green Arrow, number one from DC Comics, written by Joshua yeah. Williamson, art by Sean Isaacs. This is spinning directly out of the Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths event, which apparently. Ended with Green Arrow being lost in the universe, something that, frankly, I completely forgot happened. How dare you forget that? How dare you? But the rest of the Green Arrow family is on the hunt trying to find him. By the end of the book, we the readers have found him, along with another long-missing character. But there's still a lot of mysteries to unravel, Pete. This is the one and only time I'm going to say this. You were a big fan of Arrow on the CW. So, given you were a fan of that
2: show, how'd you feel about this? Was that this? Green Arrow? I didn't yeah. realize it was short. Arrow was sort of short for Green you,
3: Arrow. You didn't mm-hmm. notice how they made the arrow green and the logo for Arrow? You didn't notice that? I guess huh. I
2: should check it out.
3: Yeah, yeah it's, I it's a great it TV about show. a talking dog going, Arr! No, it's oh, about man. salmon That's the logical, ladders. I think the we show all about that. salmon ladders and how if you conquer a salmon ladder, you can conquer anything. Yeah.
2: And the Flash TV show is the Flash who runs fast in it. Mm.
0: There's there's a whole bunch of TV shows on the CW that I guess are all about DC superheroes. They mm. they must be not very good. This is a fun
3: bit that, that we're doing <laughs> anyway. The comic Pete pizza, uh, Arrow Quarter. <laughs> Yeah, the comic, I I thought it was a really funny start The fact that he's upset that he's stranded on an island again And then realizes it's a lot crazier than he thought Yeah, I thought this was a badass first-ish Loved all the action, loved the family and the love story stuff Uh, Badass chainsaw arrow reveal, crazy last panel, cool art style I mean, uh, there was some great splash page action in this. I-, I thought it gave us a little bit of everything. I was super excited about it.
2: Uh, I think Joshua Williamson, uh, one of my favorite writers, uh, is really great at telling big adventures, like large-scale, wide lens stuff. And it's great to find Green Arrow lost and seeing his journey uh, back. Well, also, we're getting... A couple of sidekicks who have very different uh, roles and positions in the world and the DC universe, trying to uh, work on that. I, I think yeah. it's a great start. This is Green. definitely
0: trying to position the Green Arrow family similar to the Batman family, in my mind. Which you oh, absolutely how dare can. you? How dare oh, you? Oh, I'm sorry for giving a complimentary oh, comparison between. How your dare different- you? How dare you?
3: You like the Batman family you? and you like the gray, Green Owl yeah, and family here. Two families of similar, well off yeah, statuses that have people in costumes fighting crime. Justin, yeah. did
0: I ever tell you about that time that Pete and I went on a pizza tour of the city? And after I said that the first slice of pizza was, hey, pretty good, every time I tried to eat another slice of pizza, he just
2: slapped it out of my hands. That's right. It's was like, don't the even pizza- try. Pete doesn't like comparing things. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Every case is different. And it's hard on a show where we literally compare comic books um, yeah. for uh, not a living, but a pastime, if nothing else. For yeah. um, a yeah. And But I will say I am in agreement with Pete on this, uh, Alex, because where's the butler? Are you <laughs> There's no butler here. That's well,
0: issue two, <laughs> That's baby. The issue two, baby. Issue two. You're, you're going to see some little tea sandwiches shoot it out. A little oh. tea arrow,
3: like a little Ooh. sandwich arrow. It's going to come in there. Sandwich guy. arrow sounds amazing. Oh, you uh, be oh shit!
2: It's Harvey the butler. Harvey. Harvey. Har- I would like it if this sandwich Harvey arrow was Ella's shot. Worth. shot. <laughs> <laughs> Shot right in your Harvey Arrowsworth, Alfred Penny uh, Whistle. The the thing with um uh an, an arrow uh, butler shooting would be food great
3: and arrows. So you got to be careful. Well, an arrow
2: butler is the person who goes to get all your arrows that you shoot. Mm-hmm. Sir, I've retrieved what are we talking about? Can air? I actually
0: say what I wanted to say about this book? So I think they're really Good doing luck. a job. I expected this to be... <laughs> Based on the title being Green Arrow, I didn't expect a Green Arrow family um, title. I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised, I think, to see that because I do think Joshua Williamson has, like you're saying, these big ideas that he's putting out there for things. It's been funny to see him go almost the opposite direction with Superman where Philip Kennedy Johnson is is blowing things out with the whole Superman family. And instead, I think laudably so, he's focusing squarely in on Clark Kent Cowell and seeing what's going on with that. him and really pushing him to the limit in an interesting way. This takes the opposite approach. This blows it out. You barely see Oliver Queen in this first issue here. That's my one quibble with it, is I wanted more. Like, And I think that's a good place to leave you with the first issue, but... We ended a place where I was like, okay, we're finally getting to the story here. This is exciting. We've had this great setup, great characterization. I think Sean Isaacs, we haven't mentioned the art, but just like some really dynamic action throughout this book and wild landscapes, particularly with the alien world or wherever they are, the multiverse or whatever's going on. Um, So that's very cool. But at 20 pages, I was bummed out. I wanted... I wanted this to be like a double-sized first issue because there's so many big ideas. It feels like Joshua Williamson's brain is exploding. I need more, and I
2: need it soon. That's fair. And honestly, given the time that's passed since um, we knew what happened to Oliver Queen, I would have liked to start on like him being lost first. And I think that would have helped what you're talking about if it gave us that sort of positioning first and then just widened out really fast to get all the other stuff. Then it would have been maybe a little bit
3: of an easier entree.
0: Uh, But fun run, and I think uh, I'm excited to see where this
3: goes. First-ish, we're looking forward to more. I think we're all universally looking forward to the next (laughs) day.
2: And
0: uh, certainly that's the last Uh, time we're going to mention the Arrow show on the CW.
2: Yeah, uh, we can't come back to that. And Pete, let me just say, can you never compare our opinions to each other's? Because that's not what this is about. We never compare our different opinions. Don't say we're universal. We each have okay. our own separate podcast that just happen to be here together. <laughs> <Separate> <laughs> running podcast. simultaneously.
0: It, it, when you link them together, they somehow work out to be almost a conversation, but not quite.
2: Alien <laughs> 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 so number true.
0: one from Marvel, written by Declan Shalvey, art by Andrea Bricardio. This is a pretty clean reboot of the Philip Kennedy Johnson run on Alien, which ran over a couple of different series. Here no, no. we are getting... What is essentially The thing meets alien It's an icy oh. planet It is It's an icy planet Yeah I like what you did there Base And there's this Family Who discover Not realizing it A face hugger There's a bunch of aliens oh. Buried and frozen Under the ice Dude
3: when I saw him. The face hugger I was like Oh god
0: Yeah nah, Cause you uh, know uh, This is good it is. Like after the big Mythology stuff Of Philip Kenny Johnson's run I'm happy to just get Like back to a Nasty bottom, like exactly what you expect from an alien book. And I think they nail that.
3: Yeah, I love <laughs> using uh, real using nasty him. bottom. Yeah, nasty I don't bottom. know why you said nasty bottom, but uh, I was just <laughs> going to skip right over that. I because think that's one that's of those Alex, It's say. like an
2: Alexism. You that's don't what he have said. to show like, that
3: you're a bottom. I mean, thank you for doing it, but it's okay. I don't know what <laughs> oh, that's hey, got to do anything. Fuck you! I'm a nasty bottom. Oh, yeah, exactly kind of right. <laughs>
2: nasty bottom. I feel I thought that's a British thing. You read on a British candy bar. That's or my
0: something. Butler. My Butler is uh, Reginald Nasty Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
2: I didn't know you were knew Nasty Bottom. Uh-huh. That was um, uh, my Scottish ancestors fought oh. against the Nasty Bottoms. Oh wow! Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> so well, this uh, the using ice. I thought is very cool. Something uh, we I, at least I haven't seen in the Alien franchise yeah. here. Very fun, and the way that it. Uh, just like Alex is saying, it's just straight up nasty bottom. Like you get in there and you and you just – it's scary, it's nasty, it's bottom. That's it.
3: Are you talking about when you have to climb down to the bottom Alex of the, uh, the ice hole? Is that exactly. what you're saying?
2: Yeah, the bottom okay. of the ice hole. That's yeah. what I'm talking where, about. The, where the, it's a nasty it's bottom. Our, it's got the there, ice hole. So
3: scaling down uh, this kind of ice chute you know, to let, let me just say
2: say. I like that you're like I'll make this better. I'll get us back on track. And then you said the word ice hole. (laughs) Then you said ice hole. (laughs) That's the guy trying to fix it. Said ice hole. Just upset. I'll say, look, Alex is is literally sick to his stomach. He's laughing so hard. (laughs) He's gonna vomit. The other thing I will say is I like how this book also puts all the alien stories in the continuity, and we've done a nice time dash forward here. It's great. Yeah.
3: Um, it's Blubino. got a kind of a oh, clean yeah. uh, look to the art, which was nice.
0: Yeah, I I will say to get it back on track a little bit for myself. Don't try it. Uh, don't try it. Uh, no, no, no. Just but walk uh, away. Declan Shalvey, I was a little bummed to not see him on art because his art is so awesome, and I was really looking forward to like, oh, I, for a second, I thought Declan Shalvey drawing Alien that would be rad. But crushes it in terms of the writing, Andrea Brocardio's art, like we are talking about. Very sparse but detailed with the ice, and particularly the repeated close ups of these
3: aliens under the ice just give it a sense of tension throughout that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, those, the, the, the tension of the last couple of panels where the ice is melting seems dumb but it's it's so well done it's so tense <laughs> it seems yeah. dumb why well i'm seems just like showing stupid. ice melt it's like are yeah. you serious in a comic battle we're just looking at ice yeah. but like you it's pulled spring. off really well also alex uh, you know we got a little we mentioned on the live show that we want to get the colorist and the Inker uh, in there Do we want to shout those out uh, While we got a chance here Sure, go ahead Pete I didn't write them down Oh, oh, my bad I, I thought you had them And you No, you were, and I've been whoa. withholding them This entire time Why? Well, you were I mean, like There's only so much time I didn't uh, I apologize I No, uh, I, just to bring this up If in case
0: anybody didn't listen To the live show Which is entirely possible So, obviously We're We're shouting out here the writer and artist that's not the entire part of the team. There's also the letterer, there's the colorist, there's the inker, there's the editors, there's all these people. The staple I guy. Uh, every time I run down this list, I'm like, I should throw them on there and I should, but there's a limited amount of time in the day in order to write this stuff. And I think it's easy shorthand to call out the writer and artist. We are not yeah. great to be like straight up front about it. We're not great about calling out the killer and inks in the same way well, on this but podcast. But that's, ev-
2: so, like, it's not just us, the comic industry, yeah, in for general sure, is, is that way. And we're sort of continuing a not great tradition. But, and honestly, I feel like a real ice hole for doing it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we work our way all the way to the nasty bottom of that ice hole, why don't we move on to Blue Beetle, graduation day number six from DC College, written by Josh Trulio, art by Adrian Gutierrez. This is the end of this mini-series about Blue Beetle, but good news. They're spinning it right off into a ongoing series with the same team that's going to be kicking off later this year.
3: Yeah. Based on this series, that's great news, I think. Great news. I, I definitely uh, think so. I I thought this was such a great arc. I love the ending, love uh, the the art and design. It was just really, really cool. Very touching ending. I was very moved. I loved it. I also like the uh, Starfire uh, character design on this. I've, I've seen mm. uh, that character done many different ways, and I thought this was very cool.
2: Yeah, th- uh, this story was fun. Um, it got a little convoluted in the middle, I felt like. And this issue, like Pete's saying, had sort of an emotional um, core at its end. I like the idea, almost like a passing of the torch, that Superman is, like, saving Blue Beetle and also sort of saying, like, good job, you're a real hero, which is great. Yeah, I and mean, you've got the movie coming cool. out. It feels like this is a nice sort of, like, uh, handing, uh, putting the crown on this uh, Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle and let's go forward. Star Wars, Darth Vader,
0: Black, White, and Red, number one from Marvel, written by Jason Aaron, Peach Momoko, and Torin Grombeck, art by Leonard Kirk, Peach Momoko, and Klaus Jansen. As with all of these types of collections, there are three stories that are told in only using blacks, whites, and reds, and the first story by Jason Aaron, Leonard Kirk, is going to continue over the course of the series, while the others are one-shots. Pete, I know you're pretty big, big
3: ups on this one. What would you think? Yeah, I really love this. I was blown away by this. Uh, We've seen a lot of great stuff with uh, Marvel and Star Wars. A lot of heavy hitters being put on these projects. And I was just super impressed with the first story and the way it kind of bled into the the second story, which was a real shift. It was like a fever dream. Uh, It was this great moment where it was like, You know, you got Darth Vader, big, tough, evil guy. And then all of a sudden it's like Padme. And he's like, what did you say? And then all of a sudden like cut to like Padme fever dream, which was such a cool idea that I thought was like so well executed. I love the shift in art style and everything that kind of happened in this. It was such a cool journey to go on. And I was just really impressed with the team and the way they were to pull this off. Uh, artistically, it was just such an achievement. And, um, uh, we've seen so many Star Wars stories, uh, to be su- surprised and blown away still is just such a great, great thing uh, that they're doing. So I was just super impressed.
2: Well, and to have, uh, Darth Vader stories that we, like, we know this character from literally he was a kid till the end of his life. So like we've yeah. seen to beyond. we've so, seen like, it. We've seen it. So like to be able to tell compelling stories that um, where Darth Vader's life's in danger, it, we know he's not going to die uh, because of the Star Wars universe. So that's a hard task. And I think these are really great stories. The first one where um, this uh, there's a trap that is laid for Darth Vader and we see the human core of Anakin reached like we see in the Star Wars movies, you know, Luke's whole journey is to get is the yeah. humanity out of Darth Vader? And in this, that humanity is touched for a nefarious reason, which I thought was a really cool twist on the Darth Vader uh, nice guy underneath all that uh, junk. That was cool. The Petra Moco thing I thought was just such a oh. standout, such a great story, oh. worth it. And I love the idea of just an anthology comic where one story continues and then we get two additional standalone uh, stories
4: each issue.
0: Cool. Great stuff! Action Comics one thousand and fifty four from DC Comics, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Dan Jurgens, and Dorado Quick, art by Max Rayner, Dan Jurgens, and Yasmin Flores Montenez. The front story is continuing Metallo's family versus oh, the Superman man. family. Then we're getting two backups here, one focusing on the Kents on the farm, and then the last one focusing on steel building up, steelworks. Pete, take it away. You seem pretty psyched about that first story. Keep talking about this.
3: This is just such a great package. You get three really great stories. The the first one with Metallo, just so intense, Um, and then just kind of like – just some real oh shit moments in this that were really kind of crazy and amazing. And then just Superman kind of rising above it all and trying to help out Metallo's uh, wife. I was just like, Holy shit. What an amazing dude. I would never fucking do that. Uh, but just super <laughs> impressed with uh, what they're trying to do, but also just like uh, the John Henry Irons uh, story. Uh, the, I just love the third one. It was such a cool classic kind of like villain al- Ending with the last panel, like, oh, we'll meet soon type of fun kind of stuff. So I felt like when the second story had this kind of like cool kind of like tone to it, this kind of home again thing with the Kents. Uh, I just think, uh, you know, you're getting three amazing stories in one here and they're doing such a great job with all three. And it's uh, continually impressive. The, The last couple of issues have been really impressive.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think this is – like we were talking about, I think, um, maybe on the live show, how the Superman uh, – there are two books, one with sort of a wide look at uh, all the Superman family and then one that's focused very much on – so earlier on in this podcast. Uh, we, do <laughs> of, we do a lot of yeah, podcasts. We do a
3: lot of podcasts, yeah.
2: But uh, the way that – I mean, Pete, Superman literally says anyone would help out a guy in trouble like you, Metallo. And that didn't resonate with
3: you? You're like, Nope. Well, not the guy who's currently trying to fuck you. Yeah. I mean, you know, someone who's in trouble separately. But, yeah, the fact that he's, like, goes from trying to murder him and has horrible plans to then immediately like, well, let me help you, sir, was very impressive. But... uh Excuse me. Sorry. I was just going to say that's the whole point of Superman, right?
0: Like the whole point of Superman is he's the guy who would do that. He believes. Well, he's better than everybody. He believes everybody would do that. And so we as readers look at that and think, wait, should we be doing that? We should be doing that, right? If Superman's doing that, it's. It's not a all or one where you read a Superman comic and you're like, yes, now I'm a Superman just like him. But it is hopefully this slow push towards helping our fellow
3: man. That is the whole point of reading Superman comics. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 And it's tricky, too, because it's like some people read it and then walk away with a different message. You know, it's a it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Some people walk away and they're like, I want to raise my metal family.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm on the metal family side. Uh, I like the also the the second backup uh, with uh, focusing on um, a young uh, John Kent I think is great really enjoying that yeah. the art on that I which is by Lee Weeks I think who we talked about uh, also in the live show really cool and then I sort of miss the super um, the uh, Power Girl story that we mm-hmm. and that ended last issue but I'm looking forward to the Steel story coming up. Sins of
0: Sinister to Minion, number one from Marvel, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Paco Medina and Lucas Wernick. Now, we reviewed the first issue of this and then I think mostly skipped the miniseries in the middle. Um, yeah. But this is wrapping up the storyline. I was very curious to check this out, having only read the first issue and then jumping to the last one. To be honest, like... There's a lot of stuff that I didn't quite understand that was going on, but Mm -hmm. I had a blast reading this at the same time. Oh, that's just because it was so wildly over the top. There were so many insane ideas here. The way that Kieran Gillen writes Mr. Sinister is so funny. And the ending of this is so much darker than I expected. Um, I thought it was great.
2: I agree. I, I liked the w- all of that stuff that you said. Uh, I feel like this is almost like the Jason Aaron Avengers for the X-Men uh, oh. where it's like mashing up a bunch of stuff. It's really long uh, long tail like extending into a thousand years, right, is over what we happens over the course of this run. But I gotta say something that maybe Pete will like. I'm ready for a simple X-Men story. Like, <laughs> I, I, and again, I like this, but The X universe is so dense and so chaotic, and I know we have Fall of X coming, but I just want a nice, fun baseball game at Gray Malkin Lane. (laughs) <laughs> Give me something to hold on to here. Oh, you if just lost it, Pete. It,
0: Pete hates the g-
2: baseball games. He just like them at all. I bet he'd yeah. go for a baseball game now. And I guess it's I could
3: softball. go for I could go for a, a palate cleanser. That's for sure. Uh, I just think it's one of those things where this is kind of silly and over the top fun in this issue. You know, you get you know spoilers, but you got the Sinestro like planet uh, reminding me of the Unicron back in the day a little bit. Where uh, it was Sinister, just
2: yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, and so it was just like uh really crazy and over the top but it's it's things have gotten too weird on fuck island and i really just i don't mean to sound like a broken record and i, I don't mean to keep hitting the same thing over and over again but you know i'm i'm wow. looking forward to uh us moving on in the x men uh, world <clears throat> jordan d white making different choices in your life <laughs> and so i'm hoping that uh you know we'll get we'll get more and eventually we will you just got to live long enough you know what i mean um, yeah, good, good luck with <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to
0: mention one other thing. I totally hear what you guys are saying, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but this has been very fascinating for me to watch. My son, who is yes. eight years old, is obsessed with this Sins of Sinister crossover in particular. Like, he talks about it constantly. He begs me, like, not begs me, but he's, he's like, when's the, when's the next? That's why. What? Nothing. <laughs> no, what'd you say? What the He's fuck his... did you say? Uh, <laughs> anyway, he keeps asking. He like, talks to me about the schedule. He's like, well, on Wednesday, Storm of the Brother of Mutants is coming out. And then next week, Nightcrawler's number three is coming out. And well, that's year 1000. And the entire time, legitimately, I'm like, this is one of the most unhinged things they have not just done in X-Men, but all of Marvel Comics. I have, I do not understand why you like this so much. So I've been trying to, like, think about it and understand it. And the thing that I've come back to, that maybe we talked about, maybe we haven't, but I'll mention here again anyway, is the first thing that I read with X-Men was Fall of the Mutants. Like, coming Mm. in and being like, there are, yeah, uh, there are, like, all of these things that are disparate. It's an event, but it's with each different uh, oh no, no no I'm sorry I, it was Mutant Massacre was the first thing right? where it was just like the Marauders I don't know who these people are they're killing the Morlocks I don't know who the Morlocks are but this is like yeah. everybody is at the top of their angsty x Menness, and just everything all the ideas are so arch and so big and everything is so harrowing and terrible like that was the thing that made me X-Men fan for life. Like from those first several issues where I was like, I I need to read all of this. I need to understand all of these characters. Yeah, but
3: what are you saying though? Are you saying that you're worried about, What's going to happen I'm to your son? Because he's like, he is That a couple of decades down the road, he'll be hooked. hosting a semi-successful comic book <laughs> podcast, potentially. Uh, the mean, main thing he's is... He's
2: definitely... Like, we're going to have a legacy what, what take on
3: I'm getting at, towards... He's not. It's going to go the other way because this isn't a good enough event as that one was. No, he... So here's the thing. He loves
0: Sins of Sinister. We took out Immortal X-Men, the first volume, which precedes this from the library. He's very interested to check out House of X. We also at the library got that like, X-Men animated version of House, House of, of Reds, X, this of 92. 92. Um, yeah. No, no, he, I, do, I don't give him the stuff in advance. We'll pick it up at the comic book shop on Wednesday. Oh, but that's wow. expanded into, now mm. he's watching X-Men, the animated series, and obsessed with that and watching it all the time. And, I, and my point is... Yeah, he was like, oh, there was one thing I really didn't like about the first episode. And I was like, Morph dying? Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, nobody <laughs> but, liked that. Yeah. But all of this stuff, this is a very long way of saying, is I do think there is something about the X-Men, even this era, and I understand what you're saying, Pete, in terms of not liking this stuff. And Justin, you're like, I'm ready to move to something simpler, and I get that. But there's something in terms of the complex nature of the X-Men that gives something to everyone that... yeah if you are the person that has a predilection towards liking those things to begin with, the theory that I'm sort of coming up with based on my experience and my son's experience and other people's experience is it isn't even necessarily like the sense of other with the X-Men that maybe you pick up later on so much as there's literally every power you could dream of. They're all at the height of emotions at all times. Like this is the biggest thing that's happened to their lives ever that just Hooks you and yeah, I don't know. It's a good. It's a good gateway drug to the rest of comics.
3: Huh? I, I want to I want a wider case study than just you and your son. But I, I that's think, interesting so. I think that's enough of a sample set. Pete. And just to
2: be clear, I, 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 based on what Pete said, your son's name is sinners. Albin.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And uh when he was bored I jabbed a, a red diamond into his head. Smart. That's a cool, cool. thing, right? I was like, like hey, real diamond. quick, while while the uh It's better than putting a shark tooth in in their back, you know. What yeah, I, mean? I asked the doctor though. I was like, while the head is soft, that's the best time to put in the red diamond. Yeah. He was like, absolutely.
2: Yeah. A lot smart. of people jam like coral or different things, jelly beans into their kids' coral. soft heads.
0: Smart. Coral? Uh, Deep Cuts, <laughs> number one, from Image Comics, written by Kyle Higgins and Joe Clark, art hey. by Danilo Beiruth. This is the beginning of a mini series, but it looks like it's going to be a series of one-shot stories that explore the world of jazz and music. Here, yeah. we're going back to... A kid who really wants to be a clarinetist, I believe, oboe. I'm not 100% sure. Um, whatever yeah. it is, he he wants to play music and he wants to write music. There's no sci-fi twist. There's no vampires. It's not like Vampires in New Orleans. It's just straight up a music story. And that's it. Pete, you're clapping.
3: This stack seems made for you, but take it No, away. this was great. I, I love this. Uh, first off, the art style is really great. It's got this fun, old-timey feel to it it deep cuts is about music which is really great and they also have art that looks like album covers and stuff like that so it's this really cool interesting combination of music and history and we're kind of getting the story of this kid who's trying to break into the music game and the trials and tribulations but also just does i think a good job of capturing new orleans and kind of like that feeling and the, the way music is just kind of playing in the streets and it's just very cool the way the ear that the main character has to kind of find somebody. You know, he's not using the Google Maps and shit. He's just listening to music. Uh, I just thought it was very creative and <laughs> It takes and very place cool.
2: in the past. <laughs> That's right.
3: uh, and also just like, you know, they also have like the songs and stuff in the back, uh, in the back matter. So just a, a lot of uh, bang for your buck in this issue. You know, I mean, we read a ton of stuff about superheroes and scary shit. And so just getting like a an issue about music that also kind of uh, looks like an album cover. I was just like, yeah, this is different and cool. And uh, yeah, and a high nostalgia factor. So, yeah, I really yeah. I thought it from was from your really... time
2: on the streets of New Orleans playing clarinet. <laughs>
3: Um, Well, I recently was in New Orleans. Thank you for bringing this up. And uh, I tell you, the streets are alive, and it's worth going down there just to kind of walk amongst the people. And uh, it really does feel special out down there.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, there's nothing scarier than a career in the arts. So I think this (laughs) is truly a a horror story. But I'm curious, when is the clarinet going to bond with his spine and become a suit of armor and he joins the Massiverse? Is that yeah, happening yeah. in the next issue? Let's hope so. Figure it out. Issue two. Issue two. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this. Really great art. Uh, great story. Well done characters uh, across the board. And I mean the the end of the book. I, I, I want to I don't want to spoil it, but I was surprised who our hero ends up just playing with.
3: <laughs> yeah, was like, that
2: was wow, crazy. Quite a oh, turnabout. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to say. Uh, we'll see what happens. Really yeah movie.
0: it's good I spent the entire issue Expecting an image Comic style twist uh, With something Weird going to be Happening so If you want Don't expect that It's not gonna yeah, happen Just enjoy it For what it yeah, is expect if you want, it, it
2: really... Or expect it to be Disappointed Yeah <laughs> That's the best way To live Uh Unstoppable Doom Patrol
0: number two from DC Comics written by Dennis Culver art by Chris Burnham in this issue the Doom Patrol is going on yet another mission to rescue a weird hero only what they don't know is this hero has been sent by Peacemaker who is trying Ah. to infiltrate the Doom Patrol and take Ah. them down on the orders of Amanda Waller there's some twists and turns throughout this paired with some absolutely stunning Chris Burnham art throughout Uh, Pete Again, take
2: it
3: away. Wow. Well, yeah, Pete, I mean. Pete's deck. Super tight bananas well, Don't art. worry. Right. We're, we're getting to some Justin stuff in a yeah, second. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not feeling
2: stuff. neglected. I like what Pete gets okay. to talk.
3: Uh, yeah, this is just, uh, the art is just so creative and amazing. There's like this splash title page where it's like the underground map of the shelter that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, You know, Cliff gets to throw an exploding person. I mean, just awesome adventure and action and just really unbelievable art. And the Doom Patrol is so weird and silly. Like, this is just such a cool world. And then, like, putting uh, Peacemaker as kind of the uh, first kind of villain into a bigger villain kind of scheme. Uh, Very interesting and, and creative choice. So I'm excited to see how these clash and how this all works out.
2: Cliff throwing that dude was very sad. I thought uh, it hit oh, really? me a little bit. Yeah, when it was it, he died. The guy,
3: uh, yeah, but, yeah, it, but it, was, it was. It seemed like the shell was just a husk. You know what I mean? The worm was really working the working things. You know what I mean?
2: No, I think that was a person. <laughs> wow,
3: out of context, that's the weirdest possible thing you could have
2: said. <laughs> Dude's a husk, man. The worms working things. What? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like you sound like a conspiracy theorist, man. The worms working things. Yeah, uh, the th- only thing I could think reading this issue And the last issue was This is like the new X-Men of Doom Patrol And it yeah. maybe is uh, Chris Burnham's uh, Who uh, didn't work on new X-Men But did work on uh, the Wolverine um, run Where he was the, Right Yeah uh, Where he was the um, leader of the X-Men So this feel, feels very much like uh, plussing up the Doom Patrol a little bit Making them a little younger A little faster A little like turning the page on them So that that was cool I think it works
0: Doctor Strange, number two for Marvel, written by Jed McKay, art by Pascal Ferry. This is continuing the adventures of Strange, who is back alive with Clea. Here, they investigate a mystery involving some kids and what they think is being caused by Nightmare. It is pointing, in fact, to a bigger conspiracy going on. Justin, I know you love this one, so take it away.
2: I'm a Jed head, Jed McKay, the writer on this, so... They, and this, these first two issues, they feel like standalone stories, but I think we're laying some clues that are going to eventually point to a larger problem that Doctor Strange is going to have to confront. I really like the way that um, when they get into the uh, nightmare universe, uh, he and Clea are challenged by sort of their fear aspects, and the way they solve it is by flipping and taking on each other's, like a great couple should. Uh, but uh-huh. I, I also think. Some of the thematic things, it seems like Doctor Strange is grappling with the fact that he's died so many times. He's sort of spread too thin and is maybe out of touch with huma- his humanity. And uh, maybe a relationship with Clea maybe is going to sort of bring him back a little bit. I- I'm curious how it's going to play out. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I did like having both Stranges in this. Uh, also, the art style is interesting because it's like tripped out, but it's also clean, which yeah. is a cool yeah. choice. I uh, yeah, I was just super impressed with this as a package. I also sucker anytime Moon Knight shows up. That's very exciting. But, yeah, I just felt like this was a cool, cool book that uh, doesn't disappoint. It really feels like the characters. So, yeah, I was just really impressed with the art style and the storytelling. And I'm interested to see what Hoppies.
2: I like that, uh, that Doctor Strange, Moon Knight's like, well, you know, Doctor Strange doesn't like me. And then they talk. And he's like, I know you don't like me, but I am here. I am a Moon Knight. And, uh, yeah. like, it was such a, like, high school hang <laughs> between those two, which is very funny.
0: The neighbors right. number two for Boob Studios written by Jude Ellison S. Doyle, art by Letizia Cadonici This like is slide following back from a, the mic here. <sighs> this is following a family that has moved to a small town where, as you can probably guess from the title, there's something weird for the neighbors. And in fact, the cliffhanger of the last issue was that something happened to To one member of the family, we follow up on that more in pretty horrific ways. This issue, this also seems to be a not so subtle trans uh, metaphor for trans issues, given that one of the main characters is trans and going through trans therapy currently. So there's some very fascinating pointed body horror stuff going on at the same time i am equally in equal measures fascinated by this book and terrified by this book
2: yeah this book the the neighbor and the way she interacts with the older uh kid and then in this issue the younger kid is scary there's like repetition uh there's some frog stuff there's like the and the way it's drawn and uh, like you get jump scares like it's really hard to draw a jump scare and it's it mm-hmm. works in here um, and that like you're saying coupled with the transition uh, characters and the and the issues that they're facing I I'm curious how it's going to wrap up these the metaphors here uh, because it's a you know that's uh, to put it in, a, in a, as a horror metaphor it feels a little bit scary uh, just to be reading this so I'm curious how it's going to be played but. Um, I've been really enjoying these first two issues.
3: Yeah, I just was really freaked out by the scariness of this. I mean, that cover, I was like, oh, my God, no, this is too creepy. And then the whole frog thing and the old lady and then the, like, fucked up stuffed animal and then her teeth with all the shit in it. I was there is just way too many, like, horror story things in here for me. You know, so is terrible. um, Well, uh, and you we know, should mention, Pete is a dentist for his day job, so yeah. that's the most terrifying thing
2: for you. I can't believe uh, we don't talk about that more, the fact that Pete's it's a weird dentist. it doesn't come up. <laughs> it's weird it doesn't uh, come Pete up. Pete is actually profession. both of our dentists. Yeah, oh, I know. Would be, uh, it's so hard for him to clean our teeth because we're always jibber-jabbering every time we go in.
3: <laughs> I, I would—I have a hard time being the dentist. I feel like I'd be on the laughing gas too much. You would
2: use the gas constantly? Oh, Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's the plot of Little Shop of Horrors,
0: Pete. Yeah, I know exactly my point. Speaking of horrors is great. If you're looking for a new horror book, let's move on. Talk about Lazarus Planet Revenge of the Gods. Number four from DC Comics, written by G. Willow Wilson, Becky Clunin, Michael W. Conrad and Josie Campbell. Art by Cian Torme, Aletha Martinez and Caitlin Yarski. This is, excuse me, wrapping up the Revenge of the God storyline, which has found Hera and the wizard Shazam taking on the Shazamily and also the Wundamily. That's what uh, they call it, right? The Wonder yeah. Woman family. Yeah, yep. sure. Anyway, uh, this wraps that up and it also kicks off the next era of Shazam. What did you think about this issue?
2: This Lazarus thought- planet event. Will not die. I gotta think this is the last issue of it. Uh, but I've been, I've said that before and I've been wrong. Uh, this is a, I like the story though. I, I think it's good. It just feels, there was not a lot of uh, connection. The, the two, the backup story was just like sort of run into. And it was a little bit confusing as we sort of drifted from one to the other. But I like the sort of final story that set up um, the Marvels for sort of their next version of how their powers work.
3: Yeah, I uh, this the, first off, like really cool covers. Uh, I love the the start of this where we get kind of in this giant battle, um, you know, Hera fighting with Wonder Woman, Shazam. This is just great stuff. Love the second story and the third story of the young Shazam, uh kind of story was great. So I felt like this is a great package. Amazing art. Yeah, I I enjoyed this crossover
0: a lot more than I thought I would. And I think that is a credit to the entire creative team that was involved. But the best stuff for me, which I think we've been liking all along, is the Josie Campbell, Caitlin Yarsky, Shazam yeah. stuff, particularly when it comes to Mary Marvel, has been great. The new status quo for Mary Marvel makes so much sense and is yeah. very fun. And I'm glad they ended up at that. Um, if that was the whole point of the crossover, great. I'm I'm happy to see it out there, and I want to see more from this team. Avengers Beyond, number two for Marvel, written by Derek Landy, art by Greg Land. In this issue, we're continuing the story of the Beyonder messing with the Avengers in order to teach them lessons, while a big enemy who wants to kill the Beyonder is on his way to Earth. Another very fun issue of this book.
2: Yeah, squeezing yeah. out more, welcome to Landyland, because uh, this is a fun package, like Pete always says, that's his catchphrase, that uh, where we combine uh, the Avengers in, in new iterations with a new threat that feels both um, original, but also using uh, a bunch of characters, or uh, beyond or any way, that we've seen plenty. Uh, so I like this.
3: Yeah, I think the the art style is very kind of like sexy, cool looking and the. Sexy. Uh,
2: Very sexy.
3: Oh, man. Very sexy. I was so turned on by this book, I can't even (laughs) tell you.
0: Yeah.
3: It was like a real nasty
2: bottom right in the ice. You know what I'm talking (laughs) about? Oh, my God.
3: Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I I didn't draw this. Uh, Anyways. I loved having Blade in here. Um yeah, this continues to be a lot of fun and uh I want more. If Blade
2: popped up anywhere, you'd be like, Ooh, Blade, Blade's here. Ooh, <laughs> hey, Blade's popping by.
0: <laughs> I gotta watch those movies at some point. Blue Book number three no. from oh. Dark Horse Comics. Oh, dude. Dude by James Todd the Fourth and Lottie Nadler,
3: art by Michael Avon Michael Omi and Jenny cha what? I mean, you can. The third one you don't have to watch, but the first two were glorious. We don't have time for this. We're talking about Blue Book, Pete. I've watched the
2: second bo- half of Blade Trinity. Is that enough to make you happy? Nope. <laughs>
0: no. I I only <laughs> watched the weird choice. That's a weird, Ryan weird choice. I only watched oh the Ryan Reynolds of uh, Blade Trinity. Is that cool? I watched the Welcome <laughs> to
2: Wrexham news coverage of their game last game. Is yeah, that they
0: they move it up, mm. man.
3: I've seen up.
0: I've seen a picture of Wesley Snipes where they had to CGI his eyes so they looked like they were open, open. because he was asleep in uh, Blade Trinity. Is that is that good enough? Hey, this is a
2: fun bit. Can we talk about Blue Book? I I, I use the phrase "some other fuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill" <laughs> in casual parlance. Does that mean I've seen Blade? Well, that's a that's a great turn of phrase, that's for do sure. Do you think Mahershala Ali is going to draft that into the Blue Blade movie? <laughs> I hope so. Up. Oh, my God. That'd be great. Do
0: you think they're going to bring back Stephen Dorff for Mahershala? Dorf? Dorf? You the can't Dorf do this Blade movie
2: without Dorff. Dorff
0: on Blade? Dorff on Blade. Well, Blue Book, what'd you think, Pete?
2: Here's the thing. I love Blue Book. This this, yeah, this, is, is this book is great. Uh, The art style, very um, minimalistic, uh, nice, clean, sort of like Michael Avon Oming uh, in style. Uh, Really enjoying this. Um, Oh, it is Michael Avon Oming. So that makes a lot of sense. It's it's
0: very much in in the style of a Michael (laughs) Avon Oming type. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: But I I think this story is, uh, it feels like a great X-Files episode. Um, It's really like spare and it's... Tense, we don't know what's going to happen, and with the tease at the end of this issue into the next one is uh exciting,
3: yeah. But there's no sculder, uh, you know, there's no sculder. like sculder, 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 or mully, <laughs> yeah, sculder, <laughs> mully sexual tension, you know what I mean? There's no uh, you know, that's you part can of that add that, as that. As you can just think yeah. that Mulder and Scully, uh, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I, I think this was a cool uh, idea. The arts, the real uh, hero here. Uh, but uh, it's creepy because it feels real and uh, that freaks me the fuck out because UFOs and aliens are real. What did you think about the backup <laughs> story which paralleled
0: the French Revolution with a guy who can't stop eating snakes? This was
2: weird because it, it, it kept telling the French Revolution stuff and then barely referencing the dudes just eating stuff the whole time. I was like, what are we, what are we getting at here?
0: I mean, I think there's a pretty clear metaphor going on with the story, but at the same time, it didn't Let feel them like it snake. fit. Let, Let them, them eat snakes. snakes. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, when she was saying that, she wasn't actually talking about snakes. She was talking about the – no, I can't go with this. Anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> um anyway this is a good book backup story is a little weird in this one but at the same time i'm very into it the riddler year one number four from dc comics written by paul dano art by steven Subic. in this issue we are going back in time to see the batman meaning the movie the batman's version of the riddler back in the orphanage we're getting a lot of fill-in information here that we heard about in the movie we're finding out more about um I still really like this. I love how this book is together. I think Stephen Subek's art is phenomenal in the best vertigo tradition, as we've mentioned multiple times. But this is the one issue I felt like I didn't need because I kind mm-hmm. of knew it from the movie. It's good, but this is the one that felt most like a – Movie tied to me. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
2: I, I think it did, but I, it was well done. I liked um, some of the yeah. little elements. The the art is fantastic, like we said. But like the way that uh, Tiny Riddler spells out um, stuff in blocks, I thought was cool.
3: The all bl- blocks thing was so creepy. And did you guys figure out the last page? Yes, I did. Yeah. What did you say?
2: P., if you if you don't know, I'm happy to um, help you figure it out.
3: Yeah. Why don't you share it with everybody? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tip of the hat. Tip of that yeah. You're you're happy to help me
2: figure out what it is. That's what I said. I said help you. Uh, okay. You know what I mean. So you can. Yeah. Yeah. Tip of that.
3: Yeah, uh, I just, I, I just <laughs> think this is. This is really creepy, you know. Uh, this is a creepy look at uh, a character who isn't always portrayed as creepy. So, um, you know, this is just a Bruce darker take. On- Wayne,
2: right? You're saying you'd mean the Jim Carrey version. You like, you prefer that?
3: There's no, there is plenty of other different kinds of Riddlers. I think uh, you know we don't have <sighs> Me to. Too. Yeah. No. Paul Dano's and Jim Carrey's. No, do you think? Do no. you think
2: Paul Dano's like I'm so tortured by the hell we had to play a great Riddler.
3: Riddler on our live show? If you guys remember, I don't remember that, and I don't think that happened.
0: I think <laughs> there are. <laughs> I've always he said was, there's uh, two genders. There's Paul Dano as the Riddler, and there's <laughs> Jim Carrey yeah. as the Riddler. Each uh, each it.
2: human has uh, Jim Carrey Riddler and Paul Dano Riddler inside them, and. Whichever one you riddle is the one that you become. (laughs) And I love how the Jim Carrey one just spins a cane a lot. It's very funny. (laughs) The Jim Carrey riddles are like, what has four legs and you eat on it? It's a table. Woohoo! It's like, uh, it's not a riddle, man. Let's
0: stick TV in our brains. That's, yeah. a, that's a very bad movie. Uh, this comic is very good. Why don't we move on and talk about Clobber in Time, number two for Marvel, written by Steve Scroochi, and art by Steve Scroogey as well. Scrooch. is teaming up The Thing with Wolverine. Uh, The Thing is giving a talk on Krakoa. I Uh, love that. And it's one of the funniest things that I've read in comics in a a very long time, honestly. Uh, Great.
2: I love... This is like... uh, Comics are so safe and a little bit like... uh, and like sanitized so much. But, But the fact that we start here with The Thing giving a guest lecture on Krakoa, already weird. He like... Makes a couple of missteps, sort of gets canceled ish in a way. And then he has this great Reed Richards fix in the end, which I won't quite say. I thought that whole front end was, it was so funny and so interesting and weird and like sort of edgy. And then later on, you get the thing body stuff that freaked me out. It made me like the thing is just a big scab. And I don't like that. A rock scab.
3: Yeah, yeah. That part was freaky. But I agree with what you said in the beginning that this is a, Cool, interesting take on it, and they're doing different stuff. So that part was very appreciated. And it's so funny to me, too, that I feel
0: like Steve Scrooge barely cares about Wolverine Scorchie. in this book. Yeah. Just aside, he just gets <laughs> wrecked. Yeah. He just gets yeah. wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. there, and he immediately like gets blasted. And by the end of the book, he's
2: yeah. like,
0: <laughs> just lying there, half of his body gone. It's so funny. This book is so funny, and it's in the best tradition of Thing, Marvel 2 and one Team-Up, which was one of my favorite books oh, when yeah, I was a kid. So it feels like that to the extreme with this hyper-realistic, not hyper-realistic, but like hyper-detailed Steve Scrooge art. I'm loving this series. Scrooci. I think it's great. It's so much fun. What's the furthest place from here? Number 12 from oh, Image boy. Comics, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Tyler Boss. We're getting some big reveals of this issue about what is going on in the world of this book. Take it away,
2: guys. God, this book, it, it's so good. It's so unsettling. Every issue is unsettling yeah. in different ways. Uh, everywhere they uh, – whatever character <laughs> we're following, everywhere they go is scary. And it's there's a nightmare. Always, yeah. Always little tricks a and traps. It's
3: a fucking nightmare come to <laughs> life and put into a comic. The, like, turn and face reveal fucking freaked me the fuck out. Like, oh, I, this is – It's just too scary, man. It's just too scary. This is so freaky, man. Yeah, there's a tonal
2: fear. It's sort of only certain things that I've ever watched. It's like Twin Peaks has it a little bit. Some like good horror movies have it where it's just unsettling throughout. And this book has that in a great way. We're also getting little uh, drips and uh, drops of the mythology sort of building out here and slowly expanding the world, meeting all these different families and whatnot. It's uh, fun, scary, and there's a core mystery here. Why do older people die, and what does that mean? Uh, and we're the, sort of getting close.
3: The art like. is really unbelievable. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. the invincible
0: iron man number five from marvel written by jerry dugan art by Juan for gary in this issue iron man is once again going mano a mano with Phelong, who's the big villain of this series fey has said that he already basically owns the x-men so first iron man is checking in with them and then later on he gets some bad news in terms of his inheritance from his father which bodes bad even badder news for what's coming for both the X-Men and Iron Man, what do you guys think about this issue?
2: This book feels like it has, like, huge ramifications. This story feels like it's just setting up some big Marvel <laughs> line- wi- Excuse me. Uh, excuse you. me. Sorry. Um, let's cut out the sneeze Sorry so it's I... just, like, a weird silence
3: and we're like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I hope I didn't blow anybody's ears out there. Oh, God, I apologize. Pete. God, there's oh, so God. much yeah.
2: snot on the camera and <laughs> microphone. It's disgusting. You're like, hey, the, ever
3: since the pandemic, I've been really good at pulling my shirt up. You know what I mean? Uh, That's yeah, gross. Down That's your chest.
2: Very <laughs> gross. Sneezing onto your body. Do you just
3: have like mucus crusted up and down your chest? Is that what's
0: going
2: on?
3: No, I take showers. What the fuck are you talking about? Just All until right. you get
2: to the shower, okay. though, there's a little like booger garden on your chest.
3: <laughs> oh my God. No. <laughs>
2: Just a bunch of snot, the snot kingdom underneath your shirt. Hey, by the way, ladies, if I was Pete sick, maybe just a shirt. normal
3: sneeze, guys, doesn't mean that you're gonna have. Just give it shooting when everyone.
2: you when you cog Pete. Keep a little distance for the snot to live its own way. Sorry, that's all. We'll. Uh, I think we got to end the podcast.
3: We now. got added all of this out. Yeah, no, hey.
2: end the podcast. But I was saying uh, this. It feels like these. There's huge ramifications here, and it feels tense. Like this villain is is good and seems to be handily destroying Tony Stark, just constantly. Yeah. The the innovation and connection between Iron Man and the X-Men that happens in this issue, I thought was so smart, and I can't believe that it's one of those ideas that's right in front of your face. Yeah, we never... Yeah, it's great.
3: I, I I don't want to spoil it, I. Uh, but when I saw it, I was just like, oh, shit, of course, why did anybody think of this? That's so cool. It was really awesome to kind of see. Uh, but, yeah, just, uh, I agree, just super cool villain, uh, really kind of uh, interested to see the ramifications of what happens here. Uh, great art.
2: What do you think the Tor- secret metal that... Um- howard stark found is it's going to be like some other like adamantium adjacent thing vibranium i
0: i, I guess so i at first i thought it was adamantium but based on the fact that they don't reveal it in this issue it feels like it's starkanium or some yeah. new best car, i think or something something it's i like think it's best, think not, best car, oh, best best car yeah
3: i think it's uh what you know if you when you bite into a Crabberry cream maggots, uh, some of that stuff that's in the middle there. That's oh, there. yeah,
0: that's impenetrable.
3: Yep. <laughs> Torrent number two
0: from Image Comics, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Justin Greenwood. In the last issue, our main character who had her husband killed and uh, son attacked by her arch enemy has given herself up to the police. In this issue, she's is finding out that it's not as easy as just opening up her identity and going to the police. She may have to take matters into her own hands. Pete, you love the Googs. You love heroes going nuts. What do you think about this?
3: Yeah, this is just some crazy shit. I loved it. I mean, uh, super tight bananas are love all the action. Uh, I love the fact of when she's talking like with us about the fact that she's using guns and stuff. Very cool. Uh, Very fun dialogue to have. Uh, Just uh, I love how unstable this is, too. It seems like anything can happen. But, yeah, just uh, I mean, that that whole. Yeah, I was there's there's a lot going down. And, and, you know, I was just uh, really kind of like, oh, shit. Uh, so this was a very, very kind of like uh, just fun and can't wait for the next issue.
2: This is very much like a Punisher War Journal story. And I think that's pe- well, maybe why you liked it so much. We don't get a lot of comics these days where the main character is running narration. Basically, the whole time, yeah. and that's what this issue does. So that's cool. I like sort of that change. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, you see, love would, getting inside their head, man. I want to be. I want to live rent yeah. free in all these heads. You know what I'm talking about? Because I can't pay that much <laughs> rent to be in all these different heads. I need to rent free. Yeah, Give me I mean, a you live in
3: Brooklyn. That shit's expensive. Bro. Expensive.
2: So I need like rent. I need to live at least rent stabilized rent in these people's heads.
3: Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: but as I was reading, I was like, Pete's gonna like this" because she talks about she's using guns to just straight up decimate people. And she's talking about how great it is to be using guns to decimate people.
0: Mary Jane and Black Cat number five from Marvel written by Jed McKay art by Vincenzo Carutu Carutu I'm sure anyway this is the last issue of this title which has sent Mary Jane and Black Cat to limbo to fight for the soul sword there's some twists there's some turns here Justin you're a Jedhead yeah Justin take
2: it away away. I'm a Jedhead I'm all I think McKay is okay Uh, especially in this writing Black Cat um And Black Cat and Mary Jane, great combination. The fact – every issue in this series I thought was really great. The way we used Black Cat's powers and her awkwardness about that she's sort of dating Peter Parker while Mary Jane uh, is his ex, obviously. Like that was just great twist. This closes the story up with a nice – another great reveal. Um, And the thing that sort of got me a little bit is we end this issue where Mary Jane goes back to her family, her husband and two kids who aren't Peter Parker. And to see it like in the main book, it's sort of like, oh, this is just part of the story. We'll see where this is going to end up to see it happen here. I was like, this shit is real. And I don't know how we're going to move away from this when it comes to uh, Mary Jane and Peter ever getting back together.
3: Pete, take it away. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, I just think it's uh, – I'm glad that you're having fun, Justin. Uh, this is just a fucking nightmare scenario. Um, you must have you liked know. the Mary
2: Jane action stuff and her powers. The- Were you talking
3: about when they got sores and it was great?
2: Yeah. Yeah, D- they yeah got, then like, then, demon arms?
3: then she has to go back to her fake family. What the fuck, man? No, I'm not happy about any of that. That's
2: a real family, and I think that's even more of a concern. <laughs>
3: Well, I – yeah, I disagree. Um, You know, you can – whatever, man. I just – I think that uh, this is a fucking nightmare. And the fact that they're doing it in crossover stuff too just makes me fucking worried about what's going on. That's what I'm
2: saying. It felt felt more real to see it in the crossover. It felt
3: more real, yeah, because now you're seeing it in other books and you're just like, come on, man. Don't try to solidify a piece of shit move.
2: It's like I heard about Alex's son Sinner, but when I met him, I was like, "This shit's real."
3: Oh yeah, you, you're Damn. the Sinner one, aren't you? Yeah, because yes. yeah. you could by the red diamond on the
0: forehead, you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. My son's a real nasty bottom. Indigo <laughs> Children number two from Image Comics. Written Nothing by to Kirk say by. on this one, Alps. Nothing. Okay. No, I like this. I think this is super fun. Uh, without, I mean, I will spoil it. I this is a spoiler here. The solution that Mary Jane and Black Cat figure out with the Soul Sword is very fun. I think Jen McKay continues to craft these really enjoyable heist, twisty arcs that are just quippy. They feel like reading an Ocean's Eleven comic book, and that is true here. It's a good time. Indigo... Indigo Children, number two, from Image Comics, written by Kurt Pyers and Rockwell White, art by Alex Diotto. We talked to Kurt Pyers about this a couple of weeks ago on the show, and I think we spoiled a little bit about the second issue here because we had read ahead on it. But this is the thing where things go wild. We found out about these Indigo Children that have some sort of powers. Here in this issue, we find out exactly... Or some of what those powers are about with some insane action sequences that are drawn phenomenally by Alex yes. DiNoto. What you guys think about this issue?
2: Uh, this yep. book has a lot of sort of real – it reminds me of – I think I made this comparison last time, the movie Chronicle. Uh, Where it's these Mm. like uh, heroes coming together uh, or they're super powered people. I shouldn't say they're heroes because I don't know. We don't know what they are. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Uh, It also reminded me of the sort of the rebooted Valiant universe where uh, Mm. we got the Mm. Arbinger series. This feels like sort of in that neighborhood. If you like that, this is a sort of an interesting comic that will pick that sort of theme, those themes up and take them in uh, fun in different directions.
3: Yeah, I was just super impressed with not only the art style, but the everything that went down in this issue. This was like a jam-packed issue. We finally got a lot of answers in this issue, which was great. Um, I loved what happened with the story after we got all the information. So I'm excited to see what happens with this character now that he has all the knowledge, like what's going to go down. So just, yeah, uh, exciting, action-packed issue. Uh, Really fun.
0: Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number 12 from Marvel, written by Taki Onyabuki, art by R.B. Silva. This is continuing the Cold War storyline, which is teaming up the two Captain Americas to take down Bucky, who has gone rogue as the Revolution, as well as Captain Bucky Bucky O'Hare, as well Mm -hmm. as the entirety of Dimension Z. Um, just to be clear, this is called Cold War because they're mostly in snowy places and mm-hmm.
2: it's cold there. Yes.
3: And it's not because they're croaking toads, Justin.
2: That's right. This is the part of the podcast where we all get tired and we just say stuff that sounds like <laughs> stuff. So no, uh, broken toads? That's a buck. Croaking O'Hare. some Toads
3: reference oh, that's right yeah sure. I, if we bring up bucky or usually justin has to at some point say Krogan's and Toads, so Kroacus i just try to beat him to
2: toadies yeah. possum kingdom uh let's do this
3: uh i thought uh <laughs> i loved having both the caps in this i'm glad that we're kind of getting what? this uh i i think it's a great cool choice And then I liked uh, the fun kind of last panel, couple of panels reveal. Uh, You know, you kind of hoped this person would show up. So it was great to kind of see that. Uh, Has a clean, fun art style. Enjoy it.
2: Yeah, I've been really liking this title and the other Captain America book. Um, I think it's been great. And now that they just have sort of matched each other in the quality of the storytelling. So I like that they're crossing over here. And the way we get uh, Bucky and Cap's son together, it almost makes me think Cap's son is going to go join the Bucky side. That's a predict. Mm. Whoa, bruh. Well, we'll have to see what happens.
0: Meanwhile, we're going to move on to local mad number three from Image Comics, written by Tim Seeley and Tony Flex, art by Tony Fleeks. Um, I just pronounced his name two different ways. Anyway, <laughs> in, in this book, this is about a wild storm, uh, Gen thirteen mm-hmm. young blood. That's what I was looking there for, is. Young I blood. There it is. There Hold it is. Second. Youngblood-style hero is banned from being a hero and sent back to his hometown. He has become embroiled in a mystery that seems to be killing old villains. Things heat up considerably in this issue. I love the series. It's funny and making fun of 90s and 2000s tropes at the same time as it's telling a real mystery story with some real grounded emotions at the same time. Good
2: stuff. I agree. I love this series. I think it's it's so smart. It's so well done. It reminds me a little bit of the um, landmark Hawkeye run, the Matt Fraction David Asia run, like Ooh. where it's just like really great character stuff, uh, great art, and um, stuff that really combines all these things to just make a great, well done comic.
3: Yeah, I think that this is just like you know crazy tripped out shit. I mean, this is an intense issue. Um, and, uh, I just love the art style. It's very cool. The story is very cool and interesting. A lot of stuff happens and I want to keep reading. Daredevil number 10 from Marvel, written by Chip Sadarsky, art by Marco Ciccetto.
0: In this issue, the assembled Marvel heroes are taking time away from attacking the Punisher to go over and attack Daredevil for basically the same reason and basically the same heroes. Uh, and uh, by the end of the issue, Daredevil has made a pact with one of his greatest enemies to try to move forward. Some big things going down here. What do you guys think about this one?
2: I think Daredevil needs – I want a four-issue arc of Daredevil just on vacation after this. I feel like (laughs) I'm sick of – sort of like with the X-Men. It's like I need – this guy needs a break, dude. He sure does, dude. I just
0: want to see him shave his beard. He needs four issues to do that. It's getting out of control, man.
2: We could combine these arcs, like a shavecation where he just goes and shaves and by a pool Mm -hmm. or something. (laughs) Shavecation.
3: Just coin that. Yeah, Manscaped. Uh Yeah, I, just crazy cool issue. The art is super tight bananas. Sweet Elektra and Daredevil moment at the end there. I love the uh, uh, the action, the back and forth. The future book, though, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, that's kind of a weird, like, back to the future move where it's like, all right, let's just play some bets and see what happens. I don't I, know, man. I, don't know uh, I did the like same. the cover. I don't know yeah, I did like the cover of the future book. It looked uh, looked intense, man.
0: I do feel like I know I was joking about it before, but I do feel like I would be liking this a bit more if the exact same thing did not happen in Punisher like a week or two ago.
2: Agreed. Yeah, That's why it feels like we're wallowing in this, the, this mm-hmm. whole thing a little bit. And I, I need a breather for um, a lot of our characters.
0: Last, we're going to talk about Vanish, number six from Image Comics, written by Donnie Cates, art by Ryan Stegman. The last issue, we had one of our heroes, who is actually a villainous wizard, come and attack our Hermione character. There's a twist here as our hero, who is actually kind of a villain, finally comes back to try to save her, only to find that she doesn't need any saving and she hasn't needed any saving all along. so they finally have a conversation which is long overdue what do you guys think about this issue
2: it sort of feels like a Christopher Nolan movie where it's just like there's it's a lot of heavy it's like a little bleak like and i don't know what the underlying sort of idea here is is it like harry potter but everybody's fucked up uh, and sort of like his magic is like a bit of an addiction almost and it messes up their lives, but they can't stop using it. Is that the metaphor here? So I, I, I wanted a little bit of more clarity because we had the ish, last issue was the like what's real Moon Knight style, like what's real here? And he sort of pushed through that but didn't learn anything and is still just like desperately trying to figure out what his life is.
3: Yeah, I mean this – Shit gets serious in this ish. I mean, there's uh, I love the badass art style. It's very cool looking, you know, and then you got the classic thing where like the a loved one's trying to get someone to give up, you know, uh, something that they're way too into. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you got people turning into frogs. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I already talked about Croak and Toad, so I'm not going to make that joke again. But man, uh, Thank very style. Yeah. Thank you for you always
2: pursuing them. originality.
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I feel like this is just kind of like a darker Harry Potter action kind of stuff, but uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. The, the main character who is supposed to be our Harry Potter character,
0: he's actually the Voldemort, right? Like that's the twist that's coming
2: down the road. It could be. But in a like a, a possessed like Horcrux situation, or no, just like I think he, just he is?
0: hid away. Yeah, I think he just is, and he doesn't know it, and he's gathering the power. I I don't know. Maybe mm. I'm wrong, but I yeah. I've been reading it's this, good. and I feel like this is the twist. So we need to get to the twist already in terms of what is going on here, so we can move on with whatever the story is. But I will say, there's nothing against, by the way, Donny Cates. We like, but uh, Ryan Stegman's art is just classic nineties, two thousand image comics art. I yeah. know we mentioned that a couple of issues ago with local mad, but I think he's channeling that really well. And in particular, I love this vertical power thing that happens with everybody has eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool looking.
2: That's yeah, all I agree. That's, right. that's cool.
0: That's it. If you like to support this podcast that's and all it. the podcasts we do, that's it. Patreon We're done. That's, There's we're no done. More. It's just we're that's out. it that was last that's podcast. It.
3: That's it. Well, I guess that.
0: if you want to support something, patreon.com slash comic book club. Oh, okay. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube, or do we? I guess we're done. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the end of the show at mm. Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, Comic Book Club for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you crying in the comic book shop.
2: And as Is I always say, as I always say, keep your ice holes cold and your bottoms nasty. <laughs> see at the disco.